right, we're back, folks. New episode of the Second String Podcast, getting back to the roots, getting back to another thing that I love, and that is the art of film, the cinema, my people, the cinema, cinematic experience, the way it was meant to be. Um, Interesting movie today. So usually when I do these, it's because I've seen a movie for the first time and it just hit different. Like I instantly became obsessed. One of my favorite movies. One of those where you wake up the next day and you're still thinking about it. Or in my case, one of those where you watch it and you're like, shit, should I fucking try to make a movie? (laughs) But, or, 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 or it's a rewatch. Like the first time I watched it. Yeah, I liked it. Fine, fine movie. And then I rewatched it and I was like, oh my God, this movie's 10 times better than I ever thought it was before. And you have that conversation with yourself where it's like, wait a second. Why did I, how did I not? How was I not obsessed with this movie the first time I saw it? Why did it take two viewings to become obsessed? Kind of did that with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I rewatched that recently. Fucking love that movie. One of my favorites ever, to be honest with you. I think my third favorite Tarantino, and there will be a ranking of the Tarantino's podcast one day. Not today. But that was a movie like that, where the first time I watched it, yeah, I liked it. Like, nothing wrong with it. Um... I didn't know the story of like the Manson family. So I was a little like that all kind of was over my head. I like, didn't totally understand the Margot Robbie tie in and everything. I was like, that's okay. This is all random. Like, why are these random events all happening? That's strange. I still liked it though. It's a fun movie to watch the soundtrack. The acting's fucking awesome. Writing per usual with Quentin. Fantastic. I liked it, but then I didn't love it. I didn't, it wasn't like stuck in my head. I'm just randomly one day I'll be sitting there and I start thinking about it. That phase didn't come on until the second rewatch. Today, we got a little bit of a different category. Not one that, you know, left an insane impact on me on the first time. Not one that I watched a long time ago and enjoyed and then fell in love with on the second. A movie that I've watched for the first time the other day. Um, a movie that I liked. Absolutely. Not, not one of my favorites ever but certainly one of the most unique, if not the most unique movie I've ever watched. And that's why I wanted to talk about, we're talking about the Grand Budapest Hotel, written and directed by Wes Anderson. That's what I want to talk about today. One of the most unique movies I've ever seen. Now, I I don't think, at least not that I know of, I've watched Moonrise Kingdom a long fucking time ago. Like I don't even before I knew what was happening, before my brain really worked. So that doesn't really count. And as far as like my adult life, my functioning brain life, this is the first Wes Anderson film I've ever watched. Um, So I knew like what I did know about Wes going in. I know of Fantastic Mr. Fox. I know Grand Budapest is like a quirky kind of weird niche type of movie. <clears throat> so I knew this guy's a bit of a character. I knew he makes movies differently than everybody else. I know that there's a meaning when people say, oh, it's a Wes Anderson film. I know that like means something. You can kind of gather your expectations for that movie, but I'd never seen it play out on the screen. So I was very excited. I've been told by numerous people, if you know me, I'm into weird shit. I was going to say I'm into weird shit. I guess I kind of am in the weird shit, but like not in the way you're probably thinking right now, not like weird, weird shit, but I'm into like the quirky, like outlandish characters, kind of the fantasy land, the hotels in bright colors, Mendel's is in like pink and red and violet. Like I like shit like that. Like the pomp and the circumstance really leaning in to it being a movie like the, the loss of realism. 
again, I love movies that are realistic. Like that's what's so sick about the Dark Knight movies, which I re or I uh, reviewed the Dark Knight not too long ago. It's badass how it is a a fictional base. Like the the Joker's not real, Batman. They're all made up comic characters, but you put them in a real life setting and they do an unfucking real job making that feel real. I like that kind of movie, but on the flip side, something like the Grand Budapest, I also thoroughly enjoy how, yes, it's it's like a real life world. Like they're human beings, they're running a hotel, but it's also not. It's also very fantasized. Everybody has like their different color uniform. The hotel is super extravagant. It's like shaded pink. Um, the everybody has kind of their weird way of talking and their weird little aspects to every character. I enjoy that too. I enjoy how he's taking a realistic sequence of events or a realistic plot that could play out in the real world and then setting it in like this fantasy, like a, like a 13 year old created the set and the costumes kind of thing. I'm into that stuff. That's fucking right up my alley. So I very, very high expectations, very excited going into this. Like I said, not not one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Um, not necessarily. I mean, I was thinking about it a bit the next day, like some of the things. F- full disclosure, I re- rewatched it the next day just because I was like, fuck it. I want to just go balls deep on this thing. Not Still not like a inglorious type level movie, but the uniqueness of it, um, the way Wes Anderson shoots the movie... And again, this being the only one I've seen of his, I don't know if he does this in every movie. I, I'll tell on myself again, fuck it. I watched a YouTube video about Wes Anderson after that made it seem like, or they kind of said the whole right angle, like 90 degree swivels, either perpendicular or parallel to the camera. They said that's kind of his thing. He does it in a lot of his movies, and I plan on watching more. But that was the the biggest thing I took away. I love the way it's shot. It's so simple. Every shot, the characters are either facing the camera camera directly or they're facing directly to the side. Every shot, there's no like angled camera lens. There is no weird moving up and down or like the feeling of a person holding a camera. Everything is extremely squared the entire time. And I know that's a weird thing to like. It's a weird fucking thing. It's a weird fucking thing for Wes Anderson to make his calling card. Like what gave him that idea? Like, oh you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be the guy who makes movies and they're all just squares. Every shot, every time the camera moves, everything is just a 90 degree angle. That's a weird thing for him to choose to do. And it's a weird thing for me to like, but I fucking loved it. That was probably my favorite part of the movie, which is with all the stuff that goes on in the movie, kind of a weird and, and unexpected thing to take away from it. Now, that wasn't the only thing. Again, I love the colors. It's an extremely fun movie to look at. I always appreciate that in movies. Um, Similar, like La La Land, that masterpiece. But they do the same kind of thing where they'll have scenes where there's just cool colors. Like the someone in the crowd will be the one you need to know. That scene when uh, Emma Stone's dancing with her roommates and they're all wearing the dresses and the lights are different colors. That shit plays for me. That is I like it doesn't uh, have an effect on the plot of the movie. It doesn't improve the writing. It doesn't keep me on my toes anymore or anything like that. It just makes it more fun. I just am like smiling 20% more when I'm watching it. Cause it's like, Oh wow, this is a good plot. The writing's good. Like I'm in the story and this is just fun to look at. 
Yeah, that sounds good. Like, why wouldn't you? If you can do all those other things and make it fun to look at, the you're watching a fucking movie. Why wouldn't you make it fun to look at? So I, I love that aspect. Like, the hotel is very cool looking. Gustav, Monsieur Gustav, his outfit I like. The purple, all the lobby boys. Like, I like how towards the end when he calls on the society, <laughs> the society of the crossed keys, I like how each different concierge has their own color uniform and that hotel. The lobby boys are in that same color, like each one's color coordinated. I like that. Um, I like the weird set design, like that. I don't know what it's called, like uh, not the ski lift, but that like train thing that goes up at an angle. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what it's actually called. And then the skiing scene, he does it too. And I think it feels like some of the scenes he shoots where they're in the town, it feels like he's using toys or like a miniature set design and he's shooting within the miniature set design fun to look at too. Like, I just think it's cool. It's creative. It's outside the box. And I like looking at it. It's aesthetically pleasing. Fucking sue me. What do you want me to say? I like looking at it. I loved all of that. Um, the Mendel's boxes. I love all the colors on the Mendel's boxes. Um, I love how, I don't even know what they're called. The ZZ, like the Nazi knockoffs, the SS knockoffs, Edward Norton's band of hoodlums. I like how they're all dressed in gray and black and boring ass like evil colors. He does a real nice job with denoting kind of, I guess in, in, in that instance, the bad guys or the cops are gray. And then the good guys are wearing purple and pink and green and all that shit. I like the colors. The writing's fucking awesome. The way Monsieur Gustav talks, like just every line he says is fun. He just says everything. <laughs> this is something that I don't know if I try to do it, but I like doing it. I like trying to be funny in this way just saying everything way more complicated than it needs to be. Like if you're asking for someone to pass the water, just saying it in such a ridiculous way, using extremely obscure vocab words to say, pass me a glass of water rather than just saying, pass me a glass of water. I like how that's like a character trait of Monsieur Gustave. Just entertaining. Again, makes the movie more fun. Obviously the dialogue he's saying and conversations he's involved with moving the plot forward important to the story no doubt as as every main character's dialogue but i i just appreciate the fact that the way he talks it's like okay we could have it we could have this movie be fine and him talk normally or we could just make it more fun entertaining and funny and have him talk like a brainiac who knows every word in the english dictionary let's do that way like i have an appreciation for that again again similar to tarantino that's why i love him so much he takes mundane, boring conversations or subjects of the conversation that he's using to advance the plot or tell the story, and he just makes them fucking awesome. He just makes them a thousand times better than any other writer on earth would have made that exact same conversation, and Wes Anderson does that in this. Like, he's just using Gustav as a way to express comedy. He's just using, like, he's playing off how smart Gustav is, and then he goes to a scene where Gustav's like, those fuckers or the shit like whenever he swears it's just that much funnier because he's this classy guy he uses fancy words he doesn't swear he's super polite he's cordial and then he drops off fuckers it just makes it that much better i love the writing the one reason i will say also the music was great like though i didn't even know what type of music it's not like real songs i don't think it's more just someone like 
plucking on a banjo <laughs> and, the, and the sound in the background's like, oh, kind of mischievous, mischievous, mysterious, what's going to happen, exciting type of background music. I don't know if it's real music, like a, a instrumental he's drawing from or someone from scratch created the score for the movie, but I really like the music in the background. The one thing you, you're probably sitting there like, okay, so you like everything about the movie. It seems why is this not one of your favorite movies? The one thing that didn't quite do it for me was the plot. Wah, wah, wah. Unfortunate. Cause for me, for me, my viewing experience in all movies, the plot, I mean, that's the bread and butter, baby. That's the fucking goose's wing. That's the turkey's hind leg. That's what you look for. That's what I look for. I need a plot. I need twists. I need turns. I need things happening that have my interest and I care about. Um, and it's not to say the plot in this movie isn't good. It's still a solid plot. Absolutely. Gustav, he's the Mr. Perfect. Great guy. Everybody loves him. The heiress to an immense fortune dies. Oh, shit. Who killed her? Was it this Gustav guy? He's spending a lot of time with her, banging her when she's 80 and pretty much dead. That's a little fishy. Is it this Gustav guy put the hit on her? Is it her son, Dimitri? <laughs> Adrian Brody, his character's funny. <laughs> his character's funny as fuck in this movie, too. As the, Even though he's not in it much, I loved him. Is it him that did it? Like, you have the mystery vibes. I compared it a little bit to Knives Out, which it's similar, where it is the whodunit, the clue-type plot. Um, and then Gustav running around on the run. He steals the picture. He goes to prison. He breaks out with fucking Harvey Keitel. <laughs> I was Harvey Keitel in this movie, dude. The same guy. You're telling me the same guy from Reservoir Dogs is in the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> I also love how his role, like, it's hilarious that he's even in this movie. And then his role within this movie is like the salty, hardened criminal that's been devising a plot to break out of prison. Like he's bald. I just love his character too. The fact that he's in it's fucking awesome. But it just didn't quite do it for me. Like that's the other thing too. Like I enjoy William Defoe's character. He says like eight words in the entire movie. He's just a hitman. He's a creepy dude with brass knuckles who just follows people's or follows people around and fucking whacks them. I liked his character. I liked all the characters, to be honest with you. Um, they're all in the worst. They're all fun. They're all fun to, they're all fun to watch act. They're all fun to listen to speak when they do speak. Obviously, like I said, Defoe, not a ton of it. They all play good parts in the story. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know why the plot didn't totally do it for me. It just didn't. I think maybe a little bit, it's kind of like, okay, you know, you know what went down. You know, Gustav took the picture. You don't know who killed Tilda Swinton. I can't even remember Lux, whatever the old lady's name. You don't know that. So that aspect's cool. Um, and then it's zero telling the author about zero's part in all of this. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, on one hand, it's like it is a bit convoluted, like he's telling him, which is, I'm glad why I rewatched it. It's like, so the owner of the Grand Budapest is telling this guy about when he was a lobby boy at the Grand Budapest. And then that's how the story unfolds. It just didn't totally do it for me. Still good. Still makes sense. Like, I enjoy the mystery aspect. I enjoy how William Defoe is fucking whacking Jeff Goldblum. I enjoy the chase scene after Jeff Goldblum. That, again, fun to look at. 
the shooting of that. Like he's walking through just enormous rooms, the tracking shots. I like that. The ski scene I liked, which another one, it looked like they shot with like many figures, which again, I just think is fun to look at. A lot of it I'd like, I just couldn't quite get there. And it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly why it's hard to put my finger on exactly why there are the twists. Like it seems like it's Gustav at the beginning. And then you realize this Dimitri guy's actually a scumbag sicking William Defoe on everyone to fucking take him out. So he can claim the fortune. Like there are some good twists. The plot moves forward. There are big names doing great jobs. It just didn't totally do it for me. So that's why I think like my final rating, like an eight out of a 10, still a very good movie, still very fun to watch. Another movie too, like it's one of those where it's not going to leave an extremely lasting impression on me as far as man, what a story. It will leave an impression as far as the cinematography and how it was made and how it's shot. But it is a movie that like if it was on tomorrow, yeah, I'd sit down and watch at least some of it. Like it's an easy movie to jump into. Any given scene is going to be entertaining because Gustav, the Ralph Fiennes character, I, that's for sure not how you say his name, but uh, he's, what is he, Voldemort from Harry Potter. His character is just very fun to listen to speak. Any scene he's in is pretty electric. Dimitri's funny as fuck. Um, William Defoe's pretty funny. Like, it is a movie you could jump into and rewatch, but not one of those ones where it's like a month from now, I'm going to be sitting around thinking about the Grand Budapest Hotel like I do with fucking every Tarantino I've seen. So that being said, now we got the negatives out of the way. I just want to talk about more like why it is I'm so into the way Wes shot it. Like, I don't even, again, that's what's weird about this movie. I don't even fully understand how I feel about it. I just feel it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't even totally get why it is I love how he shot the movie. I just do. So we'll take a quick break and I'll get into that more. If I had to put my finger on why exactly I like the way he shot it, I would probably say because I've never seen anything like it that I know of. It's funny. You can look up the YouTube videos like I did afterwards where it's, oh, this is what makes Wes Anderson so unique. He shoots his movies like, like you can have someone tell you, but on my first watch, like that was the first thing I noticed every time the camera pans, it either pans 90 degrees or 180 degrees on a flat line. There is no up and down. There's no diagonal movement. There is no random movement. It's either up, down, left or right. Every time, every character in every scene, they're either speaking directly to the camera. They're facing you they're facing away or they're facing to the side. Every scene. I also love the tracking shots. I don't know how many there are. It feels like there's like five of them at least. Obviously, the goaded one is when you first meet Monsieur Gustave and he's everybody's like asking him if things are okay and he's doing a million things at once, just walking down the hallway of the hotel. Again, it's it's weird because it's such a simple shot. Like there's nothing crazy to it. There's nothing elaborate. I've seen tracking shots before, but it just like resonated differently. The set is so nice to look at. The backgrounds are always just fun. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. It just hit me different. And then the way that everything is square. Everything is square. You're never, you're never talking to an, or a character's never talking at an angle. They're either face-to-face parallel or facing you. I've never seen someone make a movie where 
it felt like I could be wrong. There may be a scene or two that isn't that way, but it felt like every single scene was like that. Every time the camera cuts or the camera pans, it's a right angle, straight up, straight down, straight right, straight left. It it was just like crazy to see because for me, I don't really know shit about making movies. That seems like the, okay, the most basic, like shooting a movie 101. You could, you could just do it this way. Every, you could just have everything be a right angle to the camera. And every time you turn the camera, it's a 90 degree angle. Like you could do that. It seems like day one of film school. Yet Wes Anderson made the Grand Budapest Hotel doing only that. It's it's like a flex almost, which I love a good flex. That's why I love Reservoir Dogs so much. It's like a flex almost that he's like, fuck it. I don't even like you guys think you're fancy, like shooting 1917 with a camera on a drone and this and that. You think that's cool? How about this? How about this? I'm going to make a movie that is revered for its cinematography and the way it's shot. And I'm only going to move the camera one direction at a time. How's that sound? Like, I fucking love that. And it works. It works so beautifully. It looks so good. It feels like it's supposed to be that way. Another thing, um, I didn't notice this until I watched a YouTube video and someone told me about it. But um, I... uh, so the timetables change or the, the time frames, the timelines at the beginning, zero, like the old man, zero, the owner of the Grand Budapest is quote unquote present day. Then he tells the story about zero, which is in the past, obviously when he's the lobby boy, when he's the kid, when the, when the timelines shift back and forth, I didn't realize this while I was watching, but again, cool little Easter egg, like something that doesn't really impact the movie, like doesn't change how you view the movie, doesn't change how good or bad the story is or how good or bad the movie is. Just something where it's like, oh, that's cool. When it was in the past, they shot it on like a four by three frame. And then when it's in present day, it's 16 by nine, like more of a modernized movie film. Again, has nothing to do with really anything. I just was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like that's a, a weird little thing where I guess Wes Anderson might just be that guy as far as using a fucking camera. <laughs> Wes Anderson, if Tarantino's that guy when it comes to writing, dialogue, and violence, Wes Anderson might be that guy when it comes to operating a camera and the way a mu- movie is shot. Like, shit like that. Don't really know why I like it so much. Not really a reason for me to like it so much, but I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, just the fact that he even thought of doing that, it's like, that's... It's so simple and so obvious and could be done for every movie with a changing timeline. Yet it isn't. And he did it and it works and it's cool. I don't know. Another little weird thing that I enjoyed. I will also say great part about this movie is the comedy. Um, I didn't, again, didn't know what to expect going in. So I was kind of a little bit surprised. Like I figured it'd be like a, a whimsical, like, little bit of a fantasy land movie. Just look at the cover of it. And you're like, okay, this isn't going to be, like I said, the dark night. This isn't going to be fucking shot in downtown Chicago. I like the comedy. It, it plays very well. They don't overdo it. And when he does do it, it's funny. It's good. It's kind of out of nowhere. Like I said, another benefit of Monsieur Gustave, the way he talks, him being like Mr. Fancy Pants knows fucking every single word ever. Um, probably his, his surname or his parents might be Webster, the guy who wrote Webster's dictionary. 
So when he's using all these fancy words, he's Mr. Polite. He's Mr. Cordial. His job and his identity are built upon like creating a good experience for others. When he does drop an F-bomb or shit, shitting, what is it, shitting their pants or something like that, he says. When he does drop a swear word or he does get angry and freak out or he does make a joke, like at the beginning where he's freaking out about the old lady's nail varnish, shit like that just makes it a little bit funnier. It would be funny regardless, but him like switching out of character for that one line makes it that much better. And again, Dimitri's fucking hilarious. Um, he doesn't say much, but he just says the dumbest shit. And I think it's very funny. I don't know why. I just think he's funny. He's his character is like that idiot that kind of expected the fortune. And now he's mad about it being a moron spouting nonsense. I enjoyed him. Jeff Goldblum's pretty funny. I don't even know why. Just like the fact that he's in the movie, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's kind of one of those guys where it's like, Oh, huh? Like he comes up on the screen and you just let out a, uh, <laughs> like, it's funny that this guy's in the movie. Why is he here? And it's funny too how his role is just the lawyer trying to read the proceedings and fucking dish out the will. It's just very well done. It's very well done. I wish, I wish, I wish the plot grabbed me a little bit more. I wish, I wish, I wish there was a little bit more to it. Maybe a little bit more of consequence. And I know it does get emotional at the end, obviously, the old zero, when he's explaining this to the author, he starts tearing up thinking about Agatha dying and he tears up about Monsieur Gustave dying. Um, and then, of course, at least for me, at the end, Monsieur Gustave, he gets the inheritance. He's banging a bunch of old ladies, like living his life. And then you're kind of like, oh, great. This all worked out like the good guy. The good guy wins. They're making jokes. They're sitting on the same train. Ha ha ha. Full circle. Everybody wins. Let's have fun. And then Zero's like, ah, uh, they shot him against the post. And it's like, oh, well, that's a little bit depressing. <laughs> they shot they shot him. It seemed like this was going to be a happily ever after the entire way. And they shot him. So it does have the emotion, too, of the good guy doesn't quite make it. And Zero's upset because his best friend's dead. I don't know. I can't really explain it. Like, I just don't know why it didn't quite hit me like other movies have as far as the plot, but more so than other movies have the set design, the cinematography, the writing all really, really good. And I must say, I do want to go down a Wes Anderson rabbit hole and watch the fantastic Mr. Fox, um, the Royal Tenenbaums again, both movies. Like I'm aware they're quirky and weird, very fucking aware I just watched Grand Budapest. Now I kind of have a template of what to expect. But they both, they seem like movies I'd enjoy again. Like I still enjoyed Grand Budapest. I'm happy I watched it. And it made me want to watch more Wes Anderson. Like I just want to see what else he's done. Even if the Royal Tannenbaums and Fantastic Mr. Fox are super similar to Grand Budapest, fine. It's like, okay, hopefully he's not just making the same movie. But I, I have faith in him. I mean, Wes Anderson is famous and has made a shitload of movies for a reason. So it did make me want to watch more. And biggest takeaway, right when I got done with my second viewing, I watched the trailer for the new Wes Anderson, The French Dispatch with Chalamet. And uh, what's the lady's name? What's the lady's name from Three Billboards? Is it Riley something? I don't think it is. That's a terrible guess. I can't remember, but you know who I'm talking about. The lady from Three Billboards. And a bunch of other faces. Bill Murray, I think, is in it again. And I must say, I'm very excited for it. Now that 
it looked like a Grand Budapest Hotel too. Like it looks very similar. Different story, different characters. Everything's different. But if you watch the trailer, the set design, the French dispatch building or whatever, the new Grand Budapest, it's it's made very similarly. Like you can tell again, it's Wes Anderson. You look at the fucking thumbnail for the trailer and you're like, oh yeah, Wes Anderson made this movie. It looks like a Grand Budapest too, where same thing. There's going to be a storyline. There may be some mystery or whatever that goes down, something more serious with a hint of emotion. But it's also going to have the comedy. It's also going to just be made to be a fun experience for two hours. It's going to be fun to look at. The costumes are going to be kind of crazy. I'm excited. It looks like a sequel to Grand Budapest, even though, again, it has nothing to do with it. But now that I have the template of Wes Anderson, now that I've gotten a bit of a taste and I kind of know what to expect, I actually think it's going to improve my impression of the next West that I watch. Now that I know what I'm getting myself into, now that I'm going into it, like, all right, let's just fucking have fun. This movie, let's not dive in too deep. Like I know it's real life people in a real setting, but like everybody has these crazy outfits. The building looks like it's a like claymation. Like the set looks claymation. Now I can go into it. All right, let's laugh a little bit. Let's just have fun. Let's follow along, see what happens and just like enjoy it. Now that I have the template, now that I know what to expect, I'm very, very excited for the French Dispatch. And again, for the same reasons. I'm just excited to watch Wes Anderson make a movie like the way he shoots it. I'm excited to look at the set. I'm excited to listen to these people talk, the dialogue he's written. I'm excited to see the story unfold. Like if the French Dispatch, if it is for all accounts and purposes similar or for like, let's just say the same as Grand Budapest, as far as the way he makes it and the sets and the costumes and kind of the eccentricity of it. And it comes with a better plot. It comes with a plot where I'm like fucking all in 20 minutes into the movie. Then we can talk about it being one of my favorite movies. Then I'll come on a podcast and talk about how, no, 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 I'm not talking about this movie because I like the set design and the way it's shot and it's unique. Oh, no, no, no. Now I'm going to be coming into the podcast talking about the movie because it's one of my favorite movies. If we can bring all the elements that I loved about Grand Budapest and just fucking shoot some NOS into the plot, we're going to be cooking with absolute gas. I'm pumped. I think it comes out in October, but I'm very excited. Budapest made me way more excited. All in all, though, Budapest, very fun movie. Highly recommend, especially if you're into kind of the whimsical like fantasy, just fun movies where it's not taking itself too seriously. It's still telling a story, but it's trying to make you laugh. It's trying to make you feel something. It wants you to have fun, which is the fucking point of movies, guys. It's the goddamn point is to have fun and enjoy yourself. Highly recommend. You'll like it. I promise you that. And who doesn't like those kind of movies? I've talked about it before on here. Movies like Knives Out. That's why I love Knives Out so much. Just very fun, entertaining movie, but the plot, I just... I think the plot's just a lot better. The mystery aspect's a lot better. I said this is Knives Out. This is Knives Out mixed with a macaron or macaroon, whatever those French cookies with the cool colors are. (laughs) That's really what this movie is. It just doesn't pack the same punch plot-wise as Knives Out. Shout out Wes Anderson, though. Great movie. Keep it up with the right angles. That shit, a weird, I guess, I don't know, like a weird thing about me. Maybe a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm a whore for movies that are shot in right angles. Is what it is. I'll live with it. I'll take it. I don't fucking care. All right. That's all I got today, folks. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed. Watch Grand Budapest if you haven't. Fun movie. 
I'll sp- I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I'll probably be back with some random topics, talking about who God knows what, joking around, the usual. Um, appreciate everyone who listens. As always, spread the word, like, rate, subscribe, all that shit. Have a great, have a great, great, great rest of your day. Enjoy, laugh today, have some fucking fun today. It's a great day to be alive. It hasn't rained in Michigan in like four days. Feels like a record. Um, and as always on Twitter at Nick Second String on Instagram at the period second period string and the second string Detroit at gmail.com. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.